Hello, and good morning to you. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And we're with Tech Connect. And Tech Connect is very important to you, and you may not realize that now, but after you listening to a series of our podcasts about the kinds of technologies that are available to you every day, whether it be for entertainment, education, employment, or just information and research. All these things will come together in our conversations with you so that you appreciate how much more these devices can add to your life. And we're baby boomers, just like you. Basically, this is baby boomers talking to baby boomers about the new technology. So sit back, relax, and listen. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Bruce. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk to you about some of the things. We're going to update you on some of the things we talked to you about before. Uh, Mainly, we're going to talk about the new Kindle Scribe. Uh, We're going to update you on that because it did come out now and I have one and I've been playing with it. We're also going to talk about the next-gen TV that's going to allow you to have over-the-air broadcast TV in 4K. And it was one other thing we wanted to talk about. It'll come to us as we as we go on. <laughs> but I don't remember. And uh, so to start off, well, let's talk about the next-gen TV because that's something that everybody can take advantage of. Mike? Yeah, well, you know, every now and then, as time moves forward, we start to update our technologies for television transmission. And pretty much like what happened back in 2009, 2010 arena, where we went to a digital signal versus an analog, um, if you had an older television, you had to buy what's called a converter box. And that was to make sure that we can convert the signals with the new technology so that your old TV can accommodate the new signals that came through. Well, it's happening again. But this time, the transmission you'll get is, will far exceed what you're used to. And that is that televisions that you would buy for the past 10 years, they were outfitted with new tuners. But the tuner technology that's going to be available now is going to include the features that your new TV has, like 4K and HDR, which stands for high dynamic range color, that kind of stuff. And the sound is going to be, well, I guess Dolby Atlas, or at least the surround sound stuff that's built into your sound, your sound bar. Okay. You'll be able to take advantage of all these technologies with just regular over-the-air transmission of television programming. Now, the technology is being slowly rolled out across the country, and um, you can find out on the Internet where your city stands in terms of its adop- adoption of these new technologies for the ATSC standard. So it's something that you need to consider. Um, It's going to change your TV viewing and programming immensely. It is worth the investment either through a a converter box or a brand new TV because it'll be something that you're just not going to believe that's going to come through your TV system at this point. Right, and uh, some of the the manufacturers have already started to add it to new TVs, LG's, New TVs have it. 
uh, Samsung. I saw Hisense TVs. So any one of those models, if you buy them now, they're going to be equipped with built-in tuners for the next gen. So all you need to do is get an antenna and you can cut the cord. You can stop using your cable TV if you want and just use over-the-air TV and maybe some of the apps. Now, remember, you have to maintain your internet connection, so you will have to keep that. that. You have to use that. But you will be able to get over-the-air TV in 4K. And also, Mike, you were saying something about being able to have it on your phone or a tablet. That is correct. This technology, for the first time, is going to cross, because it's an internet strategy in conjunction with normal TV broadcast, you'll be able to see this type of television programming on any media device, such as a phone, a tablet, and your television. And I'm going to have to assume that you can also do it on a computer as well, too. Because what they're going to do is they'll build the tuning technology into like a dongle device. Okay. That looks like a kind of like a fat thumb drive. Right. And you would stick it in a USB port on your device or the charging port, and that would give you connectivity to the over-the-air programming. Okay, so you could be anywhere and look at a TV show that's being broadcast uh, on your phone or your tablet. Uh, you could probably be in the airport and do the same thing without yep. a Wi-Fi connection if you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. But the again, like I said, some people will want to cut their cord and eliminate cable TV, uh, which there is a lot of broadcast TV that you can see. And if you use some of the apps, you can see a lot of other stuff, the Freevee app. And they're all kind of apps that give you uh, different TV shows and uh, original programming. And also, if you were to buy a new television, you would basically take, if you have an existing Roku device right, or a Fire TV device, you would simply put those devices on a new television and you're good to go because now you have all those apps that offer free programming like Pluto TV, Tubi TV, Crackle, uh, Redbox, right. FilmRise. There are about 10 major apps that you can use Office free program. Right. And what we were talking about with the TVs, what you would do in if you don't even need a fire stick, if you're buying a new TV, you get the Amazon Omni TV or one of the yep. smart TVs, and all those mm-hmm. apps are already built in. So you would have them built into the TV when you buy it. And then you could put an antenna on that TV or however you're going to pick up the broadcast and not use cable TV if you don't want. Stop paying for it. And, uh, right. And you don't need a special expensive antenna either. Right. You know, you don't have to spend $250 for an antenna. If you spend a decent, between $50 and $75 for a decent antenna, it'll, it'll do, get the job done. It'll pick up the local the key broadcast. Thing is positioning the antenna. Yep. Right. That's the key. So you'll be able to see your ABC, CBS local yep. news, et cetera, yep. on your TV, just like yep. you did in the old days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. But the sound and the picture is going to be totally different. Now, I'm, I'm going to let you know, this broadcast, if it sounds different, uh, 
it's because Mike is in Florida and I'm in Philadelphia and we're recording now over a Zoom connection. So he's coming through a, a, a speaker. So he might sound a little different than normally, but that's about all. The other thing <laughs> we wanted to talk about was hearing aids. That oh, was the third thing funny. that we wanted to revisit <laughs> because they have finally, the FDA made it possible to buy hearing aids over the counter so you can get them a lot less expensive. They're a lot less expensive if you're buying them over the counter. But there were some caveats to that. Mike, you were talking about that the last time we uh, discussed it. Yes. And the most important thing is this is going to allow you to get these devices at a much affordable price point. And I can assure you, as of anything, there's going to be a multitude of choices that are going to be available to you. But the most important thing is, one, if you buy some, you want to try them out, make sure you check out the return policy about that particular device. You know, it's a two-week return or a 30-day return, whatever the case may be. But in addition to that, the device you buy in the packaging, it must have OTC on the packaging. This way you'll know for sure that this has been sanctioned by the FDA. So they're not just letting anybody get into the market space. You have to go through some kind of protocol and clearing through FDA to make sure that they're safe to use. But here again, whomever you buy these devices from, you want to make sure you have a return policy because you might have to go through two or three different sets to find the ones that work for you. Because like everything, they'll be anywhere from $100 to, you know, here again, thousands. Right. But you don't buy the stuff for $10,000 anymore, and you don't have to actually go to a, a doctor anymore to see if yeah. they work for you. Right, and you don't have to and get the most prescription. Of them be, right, don't right. need a prescription, and you have to pretty much, I can assume that for the most part, there are going to be, uh, when you buy the device, you have to download the app to calibrate the hearing uh, functionality of these devices. So you need to make sure you got a decent smartphone too. Right, because most so of them will down. You'll have an app on your smartphone that controls. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them I know have you can control the background noise so that you yeah. can filter out noise uh, and hear. If you're in a room with multiple people, you can hear better uh, the conversation from one of them. Uh, they they have a lot of things that they're doing through the apps on your phone connected to your hearing aid. I know someone that uses mm -hmm. the hearing aid and sh since they're always in her ear, she talks on the phone through the hearing aid. She can listen to music. Anything that happens on her phone, she gets on her hearing aid. So, so right. it's, I mean, you're walking around with constant connection to your phone as well. Yeah, and also when you do buy some or whatever, make sure you look at the form and function of it and don't get hung up about how attractive or slick it looks. Right. People, you know, our vanity was the pretty, attractive, new, you know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Right. It's not like buying an eyeglass. You know? <laughs> don't, don't fall for the pretty stuff. Fall for the stuff that makes sense that really works. It's not about making a fashion statement. And also, they're not, uh, you can... 
the ones that are over the ear that have the attachment that goes over your ear, they're still not mm-hmm. all that noticeable unless you're looking for it. So you don't have right. to worry about people noticing that you have a hearing aid so much. Uh, but the over the ear ones, the battery last is usually a little larger, so it might last a little longer. A lot of mm-hmm. the, the newer ones also are rechargeable, so you don't have to buy the batteries anymore that used to be rather right. expensive. You think chargeable, yeah. Right. So that, that was the other thing we wanted to talk about and remind you that the FDA has now allowed you to buy these hearing aids over the counter. So if you need them, if you find out that you're, if you're noticing that you're not hearing things well, start checking them out. I mean, they're not as expensive as they used to be, so that doesn't prohibit you anymore. Yeah, uh, and remember, here again, they're not all created equal. Make sure you look at the warranty on these devices as well, too. Uh, you could also do yourself a service by calling up the 800 number to see how quickly they'll answer the phone for customer support. Right. That should be a very big determinant factor as to whether you want to go with that particular model or not because customer support is going to be very critical since you're pretty much on your own to cloud-based devices. Right, right. The, uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about, again, was that Kindle Scribe that was the last... Uh, podcast that we did, the Kindle Scribe was on its way out from uh, Amazon. Uh, I do have a new Kindle Scribe. Some of the functionality that the Kindle Scribe had advertised or that we thought it was going to have when it was delivered is not there. In other words... (laughs) Yeah, well, I think what Amazon did was they have these things in the works. In other words, these some of these functionality, some of the functionality, but they wanted to get it to the market. So right. they just put out what they had. They sold what they have now, and they're making updates already to the software. In fact, I already read that there's an update coming that will give the scribe the ability for you to copy and paste, which it doesn't have, which which I was hoping would be there because you could be reading a book or have a book, copy and paste the passage out or copy a passage out of that book and paste it in another document. That would be very helpful if you're in school and you wanted to create study notes and you take your textbook and you can copy and Uh, some information out of the book. You don't have to have the whole page and you copy a a paragraph or something out of the book and paste it in your study notes. So supposedly they're supposed to be sending out an update for that. The Kindle Scribe, after I had it, it was somewhat underwhelming because of some of those things that are not there. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they'll do it with updates and not make me buy another Kindle Scribe. Uh, I'm assuming that that's what they're going to do because, like I said, they're already talking about that one update. But it does, I mean, it's a reader just like your regular Kindle was. So all the books and everything that you had on your regular Kindle get updated to your new Kindle Scribe, no problem. All of that's... That's very easily done. But it 
the things that I'm missing that are missing to me is number one, that copy and paste. And number two, the main thing for me was the ability to be able to make marks in a book that I was reading. If you have a textbook, a lot of times you like to highlight some information on the text page or you want to uh, write a little note on the side. Well, you can do that if it's a PDF document that you downloaded to your Kindle, which you can do because, believe it or not, your Kindle has an address, an email address, and you can take a PDF document and mail it to your Kindle, and it just comes up on your Kindle as a document, as a PDF. Now, those PDF documents, you can do a lot of things with. You can uh, mark on them, write on them. The books, however, you can put notes in the book, but they come up, you have to do a a, uh, sticky note that comes up and you can write on it. And the book will show you where you put sticky notes when you look at it later. But you don't write in the page of the book, you write on this sticky note. The, when you, after you put a in, put a sticky note in a page, it will always show you that there's a sticky note there and you can hit it and read what you wrote. But you can't highlight a, a line or circle anything in a book. Right, oh, gotcha. Because when you do, you know, because you, the, the the Kindle is like a book itself. You got one side is kind of like a blank sheet of paper. Uh, no, it, it looks the when you bring up a book, it's just the page with with, oh, okay. with whatever you're reading on it. Uh, okay, okay gotcha. All right. Uh, so it's it's you know basically uh, the only thing that's different between. Or the Remarkable, which was the other digital writing tablet. Mm-hmm. The Remarkable 2 allows you to write on a book. But, right, that's what I was thinking. Right. But the Remarkable 2 doesn't have the link to Kindle digital uh, 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 books. Uh, okay. You have to go through some steps to bring a book into your Remarkable 2. God. Uh, you know, and that's why I thought Amazon was going to kick them out of the water just because they already have that Kindle book link. But sure. they have to improve the functionality of the Kindle Scribe as far as I'm concerned. But like I said, it's it's a it's a reader and it does have those additional functions. You can write, you can create a note, a page that's just a note and it gives you, you can have it lined or you can have a graph okay. page for a graph if you wanted to draw a graph. And you can use it like that. You create notebooks. Uh, but the Remarkable 2 allows you to do that as well. Uh, the other thing that they seem to be bringing back, because they made a new one, is the digital writing pen. It's called a... And I have I have one of those too. It's called an Echo Pen. Oh, so you had called an Echo Scribe, or right? Something like that? Echo Pen. It's called the Echo Pen. Echo Pen. Right. And they and they made a new one now, which had which has Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, I'll look at it later on, but I I re I I used to use it when I was working because this Kindle digital this digital pen. You could write on paper with it. It has an ink. It's an ink pen, 
And your notes that you write on paper, on this special paper. That's why you get to buy the paper separately. Right. Gets, get uploaded to the app and you can see your notes everywhere. It also records uh, audio. So I used to take in, this in addition, to, oh, in addition to your writing. And I used to take this thing to seminars and things like that and record the audio. And the mm-hmm. audio is indexed by whatever you were writing at the time they were saying it. The okay. audio was came through. So I remember when I was taking notes sometime at seminars, instead of writing a long note, I would just put a mark on the page and that would index whatever they were saying at the time of that that recording. So I used to use it like that. And it was good because it was stealth. Nobody could tell you were recording. Oh, what you were doing. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, oh. you could get into some trouble for that, but I know <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever asked me. I thought both, both parties needed to know yes, they, that they are being recorded. Legally, <laughs> technically, yes. But okay. <laughs> okay. However, but, however, because the pen looks like a ink pen. A regular pen. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there writing on a piece of paper, uh, and they they couldn't tell. So I used to use it like that. I, I used it in court sometime and I would uh, take notes for uh different things in the courtroom. I also used it whenever I did an interview uh, of a client. I would use mm-hmm. it for my interviews. Now, the interviews, I would tell the client that I was recording them. But, it, I mean, it was, a, it was a good, good. And that's something that, again, you could use in school. If you're in a seminar or in school or a class, uh, you could use it in your classroom. And the digital paper is, is not that expensive. I mean, you can buy it in... Just regular uh, the spring bound books that you can get notebooks, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you have the paper. You go to class and you write your notes, but those notes are also digital, so you can see them on your computer or wherever. I think those those the app for the that pen also changes your writing to text. Which is again something else that the really? Kindle scribe does not do yet. Right. Okay, and the remarkable two, which is the other uh, competitor, right? Competitor for the Kindle scribe does convert to text. Okay. Now, Bruce, in terms of these devices, are they very uh, like a closed ecosystem? I mean, whatever you get, that's all you can get. Like. Like, for example, in the world of Alexa, they allow you to come into the system and create your own kind of, you know, programming. Like a, what we call an API, like an application right. programming unit. You can do different things with it. Are these devices very closed-oriented? Yeah, they're closed as far as I would be concerned. I mean, I think the the Remarkable has somewhat open architecture for people that are programmers to add okay. things. Okay, all right. And I know the the uh, the pen, the Echo Pen, when it started, they had open architecture because people were creating different little apps for it. Like they had an right. app for a calculator uh, that you could use the pen on a calculator that was on the page of your your notebook. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and things like that. So it, it was for programmers to create apps and things to go with the, the device, but there's nothing I could do with it. I couldn't program it. Right. Okay. But I just make sure that, you know, with these products, if you can expand their versatility for specific purposes. Like in your case, you talked about the legal profession. Right. But, you know, the medical profession, or here again, take an example of a, a, a book of, of, of religion, like a Quran or right. a Bible, and you kind of have some things that, you know, some kind of programming interface to do different things with it. Right. Now, the Kindle Scribe that we talked about, you can buy a Bible, a Kindle version of the Bible. Uh, okay. Or the Koran. I don't. I haven't looked for a Koran. But, and you mm -hmm. could have that in your Kindle, and you could be in church, and you could put sticky notes in your, your Bible. Okay? You, okay. You can't circle passages. And most people probably wouldn't want to put writing on the right, Bible right, page right, anyway. Okay? Right. But, uh, yeah, so something like that, the Kindle scribe is great. Uh, you know, like I said, you can have that there and you can write your own little notes uh, on that passage of the Bible if you want. But uh, like I said, the those digital pens seem to be making a, a they're coming resurgence. back resurgence because the company, I don't know what happened to that company. I think they were purchased by somebody else, of course, and it, it went dead for a while. But I just mm -hmm. recently saw where they're selling a new version of the pen that has some other functionality. It made it made a right. lot of sense. Like I said, when I was working, I I, I used it a lot. I mean, I had. I the, saw you buy a lot. Of yeah, I had the paper. I had the the spiral paper, the eight and a half by eleven. I had little little notebooks that were like <laughs> flip. You could have flip notes, and that was digitized. And each one of those types of books would come up in your app. And it, it was great. I I used it to death. And I forgot about it because I didn't need it anymore. But, right. uh, you know, but that, that's something that you could also use if you're in school, you're taking notes or anything. Uh, if you're the secretary of an organization and you need to take notes, okay, that... Oh, right. The pen is fantastic yeah. because you're recording yeah. the, the uh, audio. The voices. Right. Yeah. And you're also, so you also have, you have an audio recording that you can use if you get into a discussion about something and somebody forgot what they said. You can re go back and tell them. <laughs> okay. And, and the recording is already indexed. <laughs> so it, it, it's, uh, it would be, you know, very useful in a lot of situations and it's not that expensive i think the uh the pen itself the new one i saw is about a hundred and hundred and fifty dollars okay. okay on that note mike i'm sure you're enjoying florida but right now it's warm here too so uh, yeah, i'm not too <laughs> not envious <laughs> well <laughs> it must be 80 degrees there because it's 55 hey. here okay <laughs> All right, so we're going to sign off now, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good day. Okay, folks, another piece of information that we failed to tell you earlier is our contact information. 
You can reach Tech Connect. That's T E C H C O N E C T. Tech Connect. And you can reach us by phone at 484 918 0158. Once again, that's 484 918 0158. Or by email. And the email address is techconnect720 at gmail.com. That's T E C H C O N E C T 720 at gmail.com. So we invite you to get in contact with us and uh, so we can assist you with what your needs are. And thank you. Thank you.